Our goal is not to punish the banks, but to protect the larger economy and the American people from the kind of upheavals that we've seen in the past few years. And today's action was a major step forward in achieving that goal. Hello and welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Khana Jafiwal. Today is Friday, May 21st, and that was President Barack Obama, you heard at the top, talking about a recent Senate bill that was just passed. We're going to hear more about that in our indicator. Today, David, on the show, we have some sad news for you. Taxi, Planet Money's pet toxic asset, is very, very sick. She's she's dying, actually. And we're going to take her to a doctor to get a diagnosis on the show today. And let me tell you, the diagnosis, it is surprising. I was actually really shocked by this D- diagnosis. Don't give it away. <laughs> All right. First, the indicator. And we have Jacob Goldstein here to deliver it. What's the indicator? It's $30 billion. Big number. Big number. Uh, That's how much revenue big banks make every year trading derivatives. And it's an important number today because that uh, that bill you mentioned, it's the the big finance regulatory reform bill that the Senate just passed. And it would force the banks to make some pretty big changes to their derivatives businesses. Okay. So let's just get this out of the way. Derivatives are those financial instruments that let businesses and banks hedge risk and make bets. And one type of derivative was a big part of the reason AIG needed a big bailout. Right. And so, of course, the House bill dealt with derivatives some, and the Senate bill actually goes even further than the House bill when it comes to derivatives. In particular, it says that banks have to move their derivatives units into separate businesses. The basic idea being that, you know, derivatives are a risky business and you want to move that risk away from banks. The banks, banks, I'm guessing, are not that excited about this. Right. They, <laughs> banks do not like this. Uh, Uh, What they say is, if you make them cut out their derivatives units, that's expensive. They have to set aside a lot of extra capital, and banks really hate setting aside extra capital because that means there's less money for them to lend out, there's less money for them to invest. Basically, there's less money for them to make a profit on. Uh, They say, you know, you do this, and derivatives are going to go overseas. They're, They're saying lots of things and fighting this provision really hard. And this is one of the few pieces that is still really up in the air. It's uncertain what's going to be in the final bill, right? Right. So it'll be one of the really interesting things to keep an eye on as the House and Senate are working out the final bill. And, you know, I'll be very interested to see whether it's in there at the end. Okay. Thank you, Jacob Goldstein. Thanks, guys. All right. And now to Toxie. As you listeners may remember, back in January, we here at Planet Money put together $1,000 of our own money, this is sort of painful to remember now, to buy a toxic asset, one of those complex financial instruments we heard so much about during the financial crisis. They were at the heart of the crisis. They're basically bonds packed full of mortgages, uh, in our case, mortgages from all over the country. And we wanted to get our hands on one of these things. We we knew at some point that Toxie was going to die. We sort of bought her so we could watch her die. But what we didn't know is that she was going to start to die as soon as we took her home. (laughs) And today on the show, we're going to explore why. Yes. Okay, so a short Toxie history. Toxie is a mortgage-backed security. We adopted her on January 22nd. And David, like you said, we spent $1,000 and we were told when we bought her that someone at some point, probably at the height of the boom, bought Toxie for $75,000. So we thought, okay, the housing market has fallen apart, but we should at least get back our $1,000 investment. 
So $1,000, originally $75,000. David, I think I can safely say I've never gotten such a good deal on anything in my life. Or so we thought. We found Toxie with the very generous help of Witt Solberg and the guys at Mission Peak Capital in Kansas City. And they used a computer model to make a prediction about how much money we could make from our investment. So Toxie is actually a slice of a $36,000 bond that Witt bought. And after we bought it, we gathered around as a computer to try and look into the future. The best case scenario was our $36,000 turns into $54,000 by the end of the year. By Thanksgiving. By Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah, that'd be a great, that's a great result. You think that's actually going to happen? If you believe that foreclosures will not happen very quickly. What's the worst thing that could happen? Uh, next month they sell all the houses and you you get stuck with nothing. <laughs> um, and that, literally we, we lose all our money. Yeah, but, but, but see, you know, it won't happen. And it won't happen because there is so much of a backlog and you have so many loans. It's very unlikely. It, it's, it's possible, but it's unlikely that, you know, you're going to get whacked that quickly. Hey, Hannah. Yeah. I think we got whacked. <laughs> we did. Yeah. So as long as the idea was that as long as Toxie was alive, we were expecting checks every month of $150 or $180. And if she lived till Thanksgiving, we would get our $1,000 back and then some. So February came and we got a check. It was for $141.33. That looked good. But then something strange happened. The March check came and it was for just $44.81. So we called Wit. How you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? Good. Okay. We have a lot of questions for you. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I imagine you do. We have our statement here. Last month we got a payment of $141.33, and this month it's $44.81. So yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> what, what happened? Well, it's a good question. So it looks like witness guys were right about how long Toxie will live. It looks like she's going to make it into the summer. But the checks that are coming in, they're for way less than we expected. We talked for a long time about why the checks were so small. So our checks come from people all over the country making their mortgage payments. We've got over 2,000 mortgages in the bond. And every month, some of those homeowners make their payments. And that money gets used to pay us and the other investors in this huge bond. The way it works is we're all sort of standing in line to get paid. And and we, with Taxi, are at the very back of the line. So Witt explains to us in March, $6 million came in from all the mortgages. So the investors in front of us got some, and then some went to the next guys and the next guys. Now, as it gets closer and closer to the bottom, the money starts to run out. And can you believe it? $8,000 short on this transaction. There was a shortfall of interest and money that came into the transaction of just $8,000 out of $6 million. And that is why we didn't get paid. The money ran out just as it got to us. So we talked to Wit for an hour, and then two days later, we called them back for another 45 minutes, trying to figure out why the pool of mortgages were coming up $8,000 short. 
he had a lot of theories, and we had some theories. And... Ta- Taxi came with this 300-page owner's manual, the prospectus, and we spent a lot of the conversation consulting that document for possible reasons that we were not making money. And a, a lot of that conversation, David was like, wit saying things like, well, remember that how it said that thing about the interest rate shortfall clause on page 80? And us saying, no. And I'm saying, oh, well, maybe maybe what's happening is that it's the waterfall payment structure. Remember that? And, and remember uh, page 55? Remember that one? No. The, uh, okay, well, At one point, on Witt thought maybe it was one guy in California, literally some guy in California who had a big house who had been paying a high interest rate, but he moved. That didn't explain it, though, and we really couldn't figure it out. Then, just this week, we were scheduled to get another payment. And to review, March, we got $44. April, it was a little better, $72. So it's time for our May payment. And Witt came in yesterday to the office here in person to deliver the news. Well, the the patient, uh, Toxie, didn't get a payment this month. In other words, so we're supposed to get a check every month? How much is our check for this month? Uh, It's for zero. Zero? Yeah, there wasn't a check. (laughs) Wait, wait, nothing? We're not getting anything. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, you're still alive, though. It, She's sort of in a coma. You know, a dazed state. A dazed state. Okay. Yeah. Taxi is in a coma. And when you have a sick patient, you run some exams. So we had run a bunch of exams with Wit over those long phone conversations, and we got a second opinion from some other toxic asset specialists. And finally, we came to a diagnosis. It turns out Toxie is not sick because of that guy in California. It's not that waterfall thing. It is something so much weirder and actually quite simple. Here it is. Loan modifications. <laughs> the homeowners in our bond, they're getting help. Bank of America collects all the mortgage payments every month. And Bank of America has been lowering interest rates and in some cases saying to homeowners, you know that money you owe us? Don't worry. You don't have to pay it all back. We brought in Samir Noriega and Steve Marcus from NPM Capital. There are other toxic asset specialists who helped us look at Taxi. And Samir used to trade Taxi's ancestors at J.P. Morgan a while back. So he pulled up Taxi's paperwork, and he sort of looked at it the way a doctor looks at an X-ray. You know, he pointed. You're in, yeah, I'll show you real quick. So he finds a loan in Brentwood, California for $696,000. And he tells us something big happened to this Brentwood guy this last month. In this case, you're, you, here you have 200 grand that were forgiven of principal. Oh, oh, so you can see there. Oh, that's so that they really just said, don't worry about that 200,000. You don't have to pay 000. it. Yeah, that was forgiven. This was re- deferred. They forgave $200,000? That's what it looks like. What are they doing? I mean, I feel for that person, but you know, <laughs> that was money we were supposed to be getting some of. Yeah. In essence, because of their forgiving that homeowner that principal balance, it's affecting Toxie and all the other bondholders in this trust. So their forgiving is at your expense. Why are they forgiving $200,000 of a Brentwood man's mortgage and, and lowering some interest rates for other mortgages? Samir says we probably can blame the government in part for this. The government has been encouraging lenders to modify people's home loans. There's government regulations now that, you know, because of the housing crisis and they're trying to keep people in their homes to either change some or all of the terms of the original mortgage. So the government helping people stay in their homes, so the government put Toxie in a coma. 
Potentially. So that is one of the reasons we're not getting paid is the government is trying to help people. So Witt actually doesn't think the government is having that much influence on the loan modifications for our asset. But they do both agree that when lenders help out homeowners, that is bad for us. So why is that? Let's, let's look at the Brentwood, California guy, right? He had a $696,000 mortgage, which means that every month he's supposed to write a big check to pay part of it back. But then Bank of America knocked $200,000 off what he owed, meaning he's now writing a smaller check. That means less money coming into the bond, and the money pays off the first investor in line, the next guy, the next guy, but it runs out before it gets to us. But that Brentwood, California guy, wasn't paying anyway. That's why he got his loan modified in the first place. That's what's sort of confusing about this. So you would think that modification might be good for us because it would mean, hey, at least the guy is paying something now. And this is where you get into the fine print, you know, finding the one page where it says that it turns out when a homeowner doesn't pay, the person managing the mortgages in our bond in Toxie, that person is called the servicer. And the servicer, it says, has to chip in money on the Brentwood, California guy's behalf. When somebody can't pay, the servicer has to chip in money to pay it for them. And the idea being that the servicer will get paid back eventually. Maybe they'll take over the house and sell it. So the modifications mean less money coming in, and they are bad for us. I have to say, David, I was so surprised by this. I've I've done stories about the government modification program, but it never occurred to me that that could be why Taxi was dying so quickly. And this helps you understand why it's so difficult to do something about the foreclosure crisis. There's a whole bunch of people like us who lose money when you modify loans. Right. At this point, it looks like we might lose half of our money. And I mean... Of course, we bought this as an experiment, but there are real investors out there with millions of dollars at stake. And the strange thing is that in some cases, if people are in the same position we are, the more homeowners get helped, the more it hurts them. Well, I mean, the government is trying to do the right thing for the people. What about us? We're the people. (laughs) So shouldn't I be calling up the servicer and saying, stop doing these loan modifications? They're killing me. You could do that. We should, right? Absolutely. Would you do that if you owned this? I own some of them, so I do that. But they don't, they don't care. This is because the servicer's job is to serve all the people waiting in line to get paid, not just people like us who are in the back of the line. The mortgage market is a multi-variable market. There's a lot of moving parts. I guess I just mean like we're like this whole thing has been we're on this, this one side and then all these other We have these 2,000-plus homeowners who are on the other side. And for most of this, I've felt like we want them to do well. Like, we want them to be able to make their payments. We want what's good for them, and they want what's good for us. But now we're sort of on opposite sides. The government's coming between us. (laughs) Those are the rules. So, Hannah, when we were talking to Samir, he kept saying, Sorry, guys, that's the risk you take as an investor. (laughs) No, but that, I mean, that was not what I wanted to hear at that moment. So... I did what any investor on the losing side of a bet does. I tried to blame someone else. Wit. You you said you said you thought we were going to be getting something like $150 a month. Yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> I love when people actually just admit 
admit they were wrong. Um, the, I mean, our other toxic asset specialist said that Wit Solberg and the guys in Kansas City did a really good job modeling toxic for us. Um, the chance that modifications of a few houses, and it really is just a few houses out of these 2,000 plus, the idea that those modifications were going to throw us completely is pretty hard to predict. So, you know, I wasn't angry. I actually kept thinking about the guy who sold us this toxic asset and probably maybe even imagine him driving down the road and hearing our stories on Morning Edition thinking, oh, that was mine. I sold it to them and, oh, they overpaid. <laughs> right. Right. And, and Adam Davidson with Planet Money came into the office this morning and he said, this is why these things are toxic. It's, it's not just because they lose lots of money. You know, lots of investments lose money. It's because it is so hard to figure out what these things are worth. They're so complicated. And this was the root of the crisis, right? Banks and financial institutions were holding all these toxic assets. And they had the same question we have now. Are we dead or alive? (laughs) So we sort of went through blame and anger with our toxic asset specialists. It was not that useful. You got to move past it to the next stage of grieving, talk therapy. So we're in month three and we have made back half of our money how should we how should we feel right now we should got half (laughs) (laughs) right the glass is half full (laughs) seriously the glass is half full we got to check for zero this month yeah that's the other half of the glass glass. no it's uh (laughs) that's right The full half that I actually feel good about is that the homeowners in our toxic asset are getting some help. Right. But the empty half is that that means we get nothing. And the experts tell us that in a few months, Toxi will die. And then we won't get any checks, even for zero dollars. So, Hannah, we've gone through blame, grief, and therapy. (laughs) I tried to just get to the moving on part. Would you you buy Toxi from us at this point? Um, We'd be happy to, to sell her to you. Um, For a good price. Let's see, I've I've got some change. Uh, <laughs> do you take credit cards? I, I would I would do it out of out of uh, sheer sympathy. No, is but, she uh, is she really worth it? Would, pennies on the penny now? Yeah, p- p- pennies on the penny. You know, it is uh, it's a it's a valueless instrument that could produce value. Would you buy her now? Uh, no, I wouldn't. No, David, I don't want to sell her. I don't want to move on. Toxie may be in a coma, but Samir Noriega told me there is hope for Toxie. No, come on. He didn't tell you no, that. No, he did. He said even even with the modifications, this thing could turn around. If everyone won the lottery in this pool, however unlikely that is, um, and they all pay the mortgage entirely, you'll be getting close to 75 grand. Next month. Next month. Yes. Toxie would be alive and healthy again. Yes. It's still alive. As long as you have an outstanding principal balance, there's hope. But it's fading very quickly. See, David? There's hope. You know what Alex Bloomberg of Planet Money says? He says you're stuck on that stage of grieving called denial. (laughs) All right. In the meantime, you can send your flowers and your good wishes to us at planetmoney at npr.org. Also, we now have a great map that some folks who are working with PBS made for us where you can see where the mortgages in Toxi are very specifically. You can even tell which ones are close to Whole Foods or Starbucks or Cracker Barrels. And on our website, we've got lots more on the financial regulatory reform bill that passed the Senate yesterday. Jacob's been writing about it. And this weekend on This American Life, Adam Davidson and I have a story where we ask this question. We ask 
why there have been more than 10,000 NGOs, non-governmental organizations in Haiti, trying to do good, trying to make people's lives better for so many years, and Haiti is still so poor. In fact, it keeps getting poorer, and we ask why. You can hear that on the radio this weekend, and we're also going to put a link up to the This American Life podcast on our blog, npr.org slash money. I'm David Kestenbaum. And I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. Thanks for listening. Girlfriend in a coma, I know, I know, it's serious. Girlfriend in a coma, I know, I know, it's really serious.